I was sitting at my desk late that Monday afternoon, the Sunday edition of the Press, Atlantic City's daily newspaper, in front of me. I had the paper open to the personal section of the classified ads and was staring at a display ad that read, Dickens Detective Agency. We find what you're looking for. The ad was Millie's idea. Her hobby is taking adult education classes at the local community college. This semester, the topic was marketing. Run it for a week, she had urged me. It will help to bring in new business. You'll see. I looked at the dateline at the top of the page. Sunday, July 15, 1979. The ad had run for a full week without generating anything more than a few crank calls. The detective business is an unpredictable racket. Sometimes feast, most times famine. Over the past year, the Dickens Detective Agency had been experiencing a drought. The economy was dicey. With inflation running at more than 13%, consumers weren't buying, and companies were trimming staff, making a severe dent in the demand for employment background checks, a major source of income for us. To make matters worse, a dearth of divorce actions meant that the surveillance business had gone missing, too. My name is Damian Dickens, and I am a private investigator, licensed by the state of New Jersey. I keep an office suite on the second floor of a three-story building on the southwest corner of Atlantic and North Carolina. It's not much of a suite, just an outer office with a filing cabinet and a reception desk for Millie, a small private office for me, and an adjoining washroom. My office overlooks the street. When I open the window, I bask in the aroma of Happy's Bar and Grill, located right below. And there's a parking lot behind the building where I stash my 71 ice blue Toyota Celica. Millie Hewitt takes care of the front office. She is about five foot five inches tall. Her blonde hair, china blue eyes, manicured fingernails, slender build, and fashionable way of dressing scream bubble brain to those who don't know her. But under all the fluff is a spine of steel, a loyal heart, and a sharp, if somewhat off-center, intelligence. She walked in one day, I still don't know why, took one look at the stacks of loose papers that tumbled over every horizontal surface and told me I was hiring her. We didn't discuss her credentials or her salary. She just sat down and went to work. After about an hour of shuffling papers, she came over to my desk, introduced herself, and we shook hands. Millie is more than an employee. She has become a friend, a companion, and a confidant. I feel good in her company, even though we must look like Mutt and Jeff together. I'm six inches taller, ten years older, and a few pounds overweight, but she doesn't seem to mind. Nor does it appear to bother her that my sport jacket is always rumpled, my shoes scuffed, and my necktie usually askew. I used to ask Millie from time to time what she saw in me. She would give me a Mona Lisa smile in response and say, just because the cover isn't pretty doesn't mean that the book is not worth reading. Lately, I've stopped asking. I don't know what I'd do if Millie decided to exchange me for a book with a prettier cover. It was a few minutes after five. Millie had already gone for the day. She had a class that evening, leaving the newspaper behind on my desk with a note that read, 
Please renew the ad. One week is not a good test. I had already chucked the note into my wastebasket and was about to do the same to the paper when I heard a gentle tap on my open office door, followed by a soft, hesitant voice. Mr. Dickens. I looked up and caught my breath. She was beautiful. Not just pretty. Any woman can be pretty with the right hairdo, makeup, and clothes. But this woman was beautiful. Silky auburn hair tied in a simple ponytail that swayed gently between her shoulder blades with every move of her head. A long, pearl-smooth neck that disappeared into a simple white T-shirt stuffed into the waistband of faded blue denims, and a pair of penny loafers on her otherwise bare feet. Her hands and arms were empty of jewelry, though each earlobe sported a small green pearl on a platinum stud. 